Hi, this is Paul DeLaGarza with High Performance Business Solutions and welcome to another installment of Success Tips. Today I would like to talk to you about personal leadership. And while that may seem a very abstract and somewhat general and broad term, it could really be grounded into some very specific things that we need to really learn about ourselves in terms of how we are conducting our business and our lives on a daily basis. You know, I'd like to offer you a definition of humility and see how you think about this. Humility, the recognition that the people that surround us have a number of things that will complete us, ourselves. If we think about that just for a moment, if we truly pause and evaluate exactly what that means, we, under the assumption that we are going to validate that statement, might begin to recognize that there are a number of people outside there that can teach us a great deal. Never has it been more important to recognize and put forth that concept and that precept in our lives than what we're going through today. You know, we've seen crises in all measures. Number one, COVID. This has really turned this country and frankly the entire world on its ear. People have had to change dramatically the way they live. All of us have. The second thing is that we have had an economic situation that has really impacted many people much to the credit or, or failure of being cause of COVID. Then we have had, frankly, a very acrimonious transition of government that really came to its peak. January 6th, when we saw our capital being overwhelmed by a number of our own citizens. And no matter really where you might be, whether you might be on one side or the other of these issues, the fact of the matter is that we perhaps may have lost one of the most precious skills that actually had a great deal to do with the formation of this country. And that is true, honest, constructive debate. I recently heard David Brooks, the famed columnist that has been seen in uh, Meet the Press and a number of other Sunday periodicals, make a statement that when two people debate in the way that was originally conceived, they had what they called the gem statement. And the gem statement is the very thing that both people do agree on. So for example, if you have two individuals, as he cited, that are debating about how healthcare should be engaged in, the one thing that they both agree upon is that they need to create a healthcare that is going to serve the country and its citizens. It's just about how to go about it. Somehow that debate will always bring them back to the gem statement and this is the one thing that they can agree on. This is the one thing that unites the two individuals in the debate. I want you to think for a moment about what that really means. That as you're sitting down and talking to an individual have you identified the GEM statement? I think this is really very important. To do so is going to make the significant difference between having an acrimonious exchange of ideas in which neither one of you have a real interest in understanding the other, or truly that you're going to pursue the GEM statement and that constantly as you debate, you will always be guided by that beacon that unites both of us or the people that are in the debate. These are things that really have a direct impact upon the way that we develop our personal leadership. I think one of the most important things that we can do 
is to know less and learn more. Let me repeat that because that's important. Know less and learn more. And when you're talking about a debate or an exchange of ideas, if we bring that as a gift to the exchange that we have, it's astonishing the kind of energy that will develop in terms of the dialogue and in the exchange of ideas between two people. As we develop the GEM statement and as we really abide by the statement of knowing less and learning more, something very, very beautiful happens. We begin to foster and develop trust, the very essence of community, what really unites and strengthens the fabric of people. And frankly, it's not up to our government to actually create this. It's up to us. It's up to what we do on a daily basis. It's up to how we engage in serving in our community, how we engage in truly just working with the people that surround us at work or in our families and with friends and truly seeking to understand more than we want to be understood. You've heard me say this before. This very component is very, very important. See, what happens is that we sometimes find ourselves in intellectual defensiveness. What I mean by that is that sometimes we find that what we think is the truth is in terms of absolute. I will tell you that as I get older, perhaps I get dumber. Because one of the things that I find is that I've not been able to really abide by absolutes. I've got a few. I, I, one of my absolutes is the love and faith that I have for my God. One of the absolutes that I have the love and faith that I have for my family and my friends. But outside of that, I think that there will always be another perspective from which I can truly learn and engage and in the process grow. The irony is that we go back to that definition of humility. Now, what does that mean? The definition is that the people that surround you have something that will complete you. And as long as I maintain that kind of disposition, I will probably be living in curiosity and necessarily in judgment. I'd like to illustrate to you a number of different stories about personal leadership. There are hundreds, if not thousands of them, really remarkable stories. But I would like to pick one that I think may really, yeah, you may find compelling. It's about a young woman in uh, Pakistan. Her name is Malala Yousafzai. Malala was uh, a sort of an activist in her own right in her very young years. And this really created a, shall we say, a restlessness within the Taliban. The Taliban attempted to assassinate her and she was shot three times and she recovered. What happened after that, what ensued as a result of that assassination attempt, was a remarkable effort for the education and the liberation of women within the Pakistan area and the nation of Pakistan that ultimately generated and gained Malala the Nobel Peace Prize for an extraordinary element of promoting peace and she did it at an individual level. I dare say that this is a woman that did not have once the attempt or the goal to gain any kind, to gain any kind of notoriety or to gain any kind of recognition as a result of her efforts. She was more concerned about promoting a joy within herself and the people that surrounded her as opposed to just simply being happy. Difference? Very simple. Happiness is about what we want to experience when we 
achieve something. Joy is not about ourselves. Joy is when I, we, we've been able to make a marked difference in a community and we see how that community has evolved, is better as a result of the efforts that we have put forth. That is joy. So now I would like to talk to you about some steps that you can take to address your personal leadership and your day-to-day -day living. I want to start with one that is fairly broad. You know what? I heard this recently again from David Brooks, and I, I'm really compelled by this individual. And uh, he, he mentioned something that we should live our lives in chapters, that we should live our lives in chapters of three years. Anything planned beyond the three years is almost unreachable, untouchable, because there's so many dynamics that we cannot imagine are going to really be part of our lives. Case in point, what happened to us in 2020. But in three years, we can begin to structure something that will be able to give us a sense of purpose and a sense of direction, especially if within those three years, you have included a commitment to service, either community, clubs, the people that surround you, even just simply in your work, for you to change essentially who you are and what you are and that the focus is in knowing less and learning more. The second step would be, how about taking the GEM statement into practice? You heard me talk about the GEM statement within a debate. I would like to invite you to sit down with someone who you feel has a contrasting opinion Identify what unites you. Identify how perhaps you may be approaching that particular solution to a problem that plagues both of you in a certain way and you know that that other person may be looking at a different angle of the solution. But that you, both of you are compelled by that gem statement. That both of you are compelled by achieving something that is common of interest to both of you and that both of you would like to see evolved. When you start doing this, when you engage in your debate with the GEM statement in front, you're going to see that the result of that debate, it's actually going to be some solutions. The third thing that I would tell you is, begin to practice the art of compromise. The fact of the matter is that we cannot and we should not navigate our lives in absolutes because frankly, for every absolute that we have, three other people have their own absolutes. And if we do not engage in compromise, imagine what will happen. So I want to ask you to do something. When you have a conversation, and perhaps if you're in a debate, consider the possibility of what would be your walkaway position. We have to have boundaries, and we have to have borders, of course. But when you are sitting down and you are engaging in compromise, I'm going to invite you to do a couple of things. Number one, be clear about what you want to accomplish. But number two, be clear on what you think that other person is likely to want to accomplish and promote and protect that interest. The answer is somewhere in between. The answer is going to be a hybrid of two ideas that if we are really, really careful, may create some extraordinary solutions that neither one of you may have thought of. So compromise is powerful. I bring the example of Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. These two individuals had compromised down to a science. They were staunch, staunch promoters of their own concepts. Reagan as a Republican, 
Tip O'Neill as a Democrat, but yet in the final analysis, they never ever forgot about the GEM statement. And the GEM statement in this case was very simple. The welfare of the nation, the welfare of the American people. You have the ability to get engaged into a compromise that will bring forth solutions that perhaps neither one of you may have thought of. Take care, be well. This is Paul De La Garza with High Performance Business Solutions. Until next time, take care.